And we're back today with our opioid crisis participant questionnaire with our next participant answering our interviewing questions. This is Whitney. I'll let Whitney explain who she is and a little bit about herself. Hi, my name is Whitney. Um, right now I work as a insurance coordinator at a dental office. I do have an associate's degree in early childhood education and an unfinished degree um, in sciences. I actually went to Goodwin College for three years uh, to pursue my BSN. Unfortunately, life kind of got in the way and so I didn't actually earn a degree, but um, have a lot of credits for that under my belt. Awesome. Good for you. Well, I hope someday you can successfully complete that. Yeah, me too. (laughs) (laughs) So we'll go into our first question um, with regards to the opioid crisis. And it's really, where do you see the need for more rehab centers for patients who need the help with their opioid misuse? So as an outsider on this issue, I think I would immediately assume that more densely populated areas like cities are in the most need. However, giving it a little more thought I think that we normally see rehab centers in more populous areas and what about the people who live more rurally is it harder for them to find a place um, where they can go in their neighborhoods I mean without traveling so I would say you know the the quick first answer would be cities and then upon like you know more thought I would say the actual need is is definitely more rural. Okay. And that seems to be the actual answer that everybody's kind of leaning towards is just that more rural area, um, absolutely within the cities. Um, but it does pretty much go down to, you know, transportation is not accessible and just not being able to get to those rehab facilities that are up and already going. Yeah. So our next question is, do you believe that they are the rehab centers, that is, are being personalized to meet the needs of each of these patients? So uh, luckily for me, I don't have any um, family or loved ones that have been through a rehab program. I know a few acquaintances that have been through alcohol rehabilitation. Um, and their experiences that you know they had shared with me was that it's the same for everybody, basically. You go in, you detox, you go to your um, therapy sessions, you do activities together, and, you know, that's pretty much it. So in that way, I would say probably not being personalized. Okay. Seems like they all do the same thing. So everyone seems to be treated equally, pretty much the same. They all come in, they go through a treatment, and they're sent back on their way. Yeah. Um, So how do you feel about the quality of services that are provided to these patients that suffer from opioid misuse? Do you believe that they are getting the right services that they need? I mean, like I said, based on my limited knowledge, I would probably say no. It doesn't seem that way to me. Um, Okay. And as far as our healthcare system goes, um, do you feel that our system, our healthcare system rather, is in fact up to date in providing care to our patients with opioid misuse or even just people in general? Yeah, I would say in general, the American healthcare system is very, very behind. I mean, you look at all these other European countries who have universal health care. Um, you know, here, people that have, you know, Medicare. 
um, or Medicaid are kind of looked down upon like it's a bad thing. But in these European countries, it's it's just everybody has it, you know. Um, and I know that has its own drawbacks, too, because then everybody has insurance, so it probably takes longer to get into doctor's offices and things like that. But like I said, I think we're very behind in healthcare in the United States compared to other places. Which most people actually in these interviews that I've come across so far, everyone is definitely discussing universal health care in the means of really that healthcare system providing care for every patient regardless of status, opioid misuse, so be it, depression, anxiety, etc. Um, I'm a firm believer also myself that we should be in the universal health care system that way. Um, that kind of rolls into the next question, whereas universal health care covers rather, um, treatment for everyone on mm-hmm. their dime, which again rolls into our next question, whether or not if who should be held responsible for the funding of more rehab centers to be put into place. Um, I believe the federal government, to be honest, um, but more say um, big pharma. Yeah, so if we're not going to have a universal health care system, I would I would say the same thing. Big Pharma should be responsible because, you know, if you think about it, they, they really kind of created this opioid epidemic back in the mid-90s when OxyContin came out because their main claim was that it was safe and effective and less than 1% of their, you know, patients would get addicted and you know years later now we know that to be a complete fallacy obviously it's highly addictive and then so from that mid-90s wave then we roll into you know the heroin use because now they can't get the pills right and then we roll into the most recent wave of the epidemic which would be fentanyl Mm -hmm. which is you know synthetically made and stronger than heroin and, I mean, this is the reason people are needing to go to rehab, and this is the reason why people are overdosing and dying. And Absolutely. it all started, you know, in the mid-'90s, in my opinion, with Big Pharma. Definitely. Great answer. Thank you so much. Um, so I guess that kind of answers our, our question that was following the one you just answered, was whether or not the government should be fully responsible to pay for the treatment programs, such as inpatient, detox, 12-step programs, on medications and etc um so we'll kind of bypass that for our viewers because whitney did in fact answer that she does believe that big pharma should in fact be responsible for i guess both funding the rehab centers and somewhat i would say i don't want to speak on your behalf but responsible to for paying for patients treatment programs also yeah i believe honestly it should be a shared responsibility between big pharma and the government and if we had a universal health care system you know I think they would probably be stricter on the pharmaceutical companies, so Big Pharma wouldn't have much of, you know, a responsibility in in this crisis. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So working in the healthcare field that you've been in for quite some time, um, obviously within the dental office, you do see medications regulated. Um, we do do a lot of electronic prescriptions within healthcare, and you obviously deal with electronic prescriptions daily too. Do you feel that the opioids, based off of your experience, um, are better regulated through electronic prescriptions? I do, and I'll tell you why. So I started um, working in dental offices in a number of different capacities probably 12 years ago. And 
during that time, I have seen offices go to e-scripts from, you know, regular prescription pads. And it used to be that the prescription pad was kept in a locked drawer. Um, but that, you know, there's office personnel who have keys to that drawer. And nobody is immune from forging a, a prescription if they really want to or feel that they need to. Yeah. So I saw firsthand in an office that I worked at, you know, an employee taking the prescription pad and, you know, writing out prescriptions. Now, this is years and years ago, and, you know, to better protect patients and prescribers, we've gone to e-scripts, and in my opinion, that has made things a lot safer because now we have the databases for that track a prescriber's um, ID number. Yeah, their NPI number, um, their tax ID number, things like that, but also it, it really just tracks their prescribing practices so you can see which doctors are rolling out scripts for 60 oxycontins per patient per week so you know during that first wave of this epidemic in the mid 90s there were those um like uh pill mills pill clinics you know and that you know nobody was really paying attention i don't think until it got really bad and now here we are so yeah i do think e-scripts is a has made things safer and better for patients and prescribers. Great. And obviously this podcast is definitely with regards to Baltimore, Maryland, with them having the highest um, overdose rate as of 2018. Um, I am a firm believer that Baltimore definitely needs more rehab facilities to help overcome the opioid misuse mortality rate. Um, What do you suppose that we can do just as civilians or citizens, to really help with this issue? I mean, I think it really starts with lobbying your government, um, calling, writing letters to your senators, your state representatives, to Big Pharma. Um, You know, they need to know that we want to help our community and that they are really at the the base of that. You know, without them, it's not going to get done. Definitely need to put more money into fixing the long-term issues. Um, I just, uh, I think that it would be really good if every pharmaceutical pharmaceutical company was kind of held to that whole thing that happened with Purdue Pharma a couple of years ago where they had to pay out you know the victims and everything and unfortunately it was it, it was nothing it wasn't even enough right we all know that that was just a drop in the bucket for them and they're all still rich and they knew what they did wrong but um yeah I, I think that's kind of where it starts we need to tell the government hey we want universal health care we want our more of our tax money to go to this and less of you know bombing children in foreign countries you know we have this huge war budget and what are we doing for our our, our community at home absolutely yes very nice thank you um so our last question is what do you recommend for improving the services for opioid misuse well to improve the services, like I said, I think the, the best thing would be a universal health care so it's accessible to everyone. Um, I think what we're seeing now is that this problem has become more of a white problem, whereas 
Um, a lot of other drug epidemics have been considered more of a black problem. I mean, if you think back to the early, late 80s, early 90s with crack, right? And what our response to that was very punitive. We created the war on drugs because these black people that were doing crack were obviously immoral and a failure to their morality, and it was their choice, right? And now that we're seeing people like our sisters, brothers, aunts, uncles um, get addicted by a prescription and then they can't get the prescription and they move to heroin and then they can't get the heroin they move to fentanyl we see that because it started from a legitimate pain concern and so now we think like oh this is a public health issue whereas back then we were like no they're criminals they chose to do this mm-hmm. um so yeah i i really think that you know not stigmatizing like suboxone i know a lot of like Old school people, boomers, they're like, well, you're still doing a drug, right? So replace one drug with another drug. But at the same time, think about all the people who enjoy alcohol in a responsible way. It's the same thing. That's a drug. Your morning coffee, that's a drug. Um, Yeah, so I think, you know, destigmatizing, providing more mental health um, support. And, again, that all kind of goes back to that universal health care. I mean... The thing, too, with the stigma is, think about it. If you go to your doctor, you're severely overweight, you're eating cheeseburgers, and you're smoking, and he says to you, oh, you have, you know, high blood pressure, high cholesterol, and heart disease. Here's six pills. Take these. You'll be better. But if you're an addict, whether, you know, you started out legitimately with pain pills or whatever the case is, it shouldn't matter. You know, there's a stigma. You don't want to go to your doctor and say, hey, man, I really need help here. Because you feel like they're going to look at you and be like, oh, you're just a loser. Or just another one. Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. That's that's my two cents on that whole thing. Great. Well, thank you very much for being here with me today. And I very much thank you for your time. I'm sure our viewers appreciate your time also. And thanks for being here. Thank you so much, Sarah. Thanks.